0: Welcome, everyone, to the next episode of the Pioneer Podcast presented by Centura Health. And today's special guest is the head coach of our men's basketball program, Rodney Phillips. Coach Phillips, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while in person, so it's great to have you here on the Zoom. And uh, let's get started by uh, talking a little bit about you personally. Uh, you grew up here in Denver. Uh, tell us how uh, that was growing up, what the culture of basketball was like in this city when you were coming up. Well, I, I'm
1: a bit fortunate because I got to grow up behind an older brother who was, you know, the biggest thing, the biggest name, the biggest player in, a, in an entire neighborhood or city or state of Colorado. So, um, you know, my, my childhood is a bit a bit tainted because I had some huge, like, gigantic shoes to fill as a student athlete. But, you know, my, my experiences as a kid, was was special. It was fun. You know, my entire family is in a small intersection of Denver called Park Hill, and, and you know, we had probably close to 100 relatives uh, right in the, in a, a small one mile, two mile radius. So, you know, it, it it was me going to the rec center every single day after school during the summertime, just playing whatever sport was in season, and you know, I, I had a, a wonderful childhood.
0: So, growing up, Rodney, what were those dreams that you had as a kid growing up here in Denver?
1: I had several. Uh, one uh, was, that you know, to, to get school paid for uh, by, by playing basketball. And in our house, we had the, the three A's. It was either going to be athletics, arts, or academics that paid for school. My parents weren't fortunate enough to go to college. You know, they had Chauncey, and they went to work, and, and, and that was that. And, we knew based on the jobs that they had, that they weren't going to be able to afford college. So we, we had to be good at something. And luckily I was good enough to, to, be, a good, uh, to, to be a good student and to get into DU and, and finish my, my education at DU. So my biggest dream was to play basketball, but also get an education and, and finish college.
0: So when you found your way to, to DU, right here in the city where you grew up, what was it like playing in front of those 100 family members and all the friends that you've known all your life? It was stressful. <laughs> uh, trying to get tickets, you know, as a student athlete, you only get so many tickets.
1: So trying to get tickets for, for the right people and prioritize uh, the games that people came to and you know, playing hard and winning and, and representing on and off the court in the classroom you know, those same family members that come to our games now. So it was stressful. It was fun, you know, and being able to go to the barbershop and, and, and uh, talk from smack or, or uh, just having the same, you know, camaraderie that I had in high school or, or as a kid uh, throughout college was, was fun. And, and uh, I think that it helped propel me to be a better person because I had so many things and so many people to look after. And to look after me, it, it just, it, it made for a very respectful relationship between myself and the university and the neighborhood and, and everything else.
0: Now, you couldn't have been stressed on the court because you were good, right? I, I've heard the story. <laughs> I mean, you were good. Come on.
1: I don't know about that. I was fortunate enough to play with good players. That, that yeah. made me look probably better than I was. You know, I, I played with guys like Jimmy Nicholson and, and Antonio Porch, both Denver guys who had good careers here. Play for Terry Carroll, who who challenged us and motivated us uh, to to be good and to be the best that we could be. You know, I I was fortunate to to play with some really good, really good teammates and and some really good people, too, that I still have relationships with and who come support our program still to this day. So uh, I I had an okay career, but it it wouldn't
0: have been nothing without uh, our, our teammates. When you finished at DU, you did play uh, professionally in Europe. What, what were those experiences like for you?
1: I, I'll say this. You know, my, my experience at DU helped uh, with going to Europe uh, because at, at DU, I, I got a chance to grow up. And, you know, coming back to, to DU, because I went to junior college my first year. Coming back to DU, uh, I, I got to be in in, uh, in an environment where I was very different. and. I got to experience some different cultures and some, some different conversations and learn some different things at DU that ultimately kept me comfortable going to Europe. And, and I was in, in um, Eastern Europe where it was dark, it was cold. I was in Latvia, uh, Northeastern Europe. I was It was cold, it was dark. They had just received their independence from Russia five years before I got there. So it was a mix of different people and different things. Um, and, and not so Americanized. So the things that I learned at DU helped me get through that time. And, and you know, basketball is basketball, you know. And right. And when we were on the court for that two hours a day, that was it was a safe haven. But to be able to grow up a 22-, 23-year-old person, uh, grow up in Europe and grow up on a campus like DU, uh, it, it really helped me become the person
0: I am today. And then you decided to get into coaching and you had great opportunity at Colorado to coach. Uh, how was that experience? What did you learn there? What a bad decision taking a <laughs> few education into coaching.
1: <laughs> no, that was a, We're glad you did. You know, it, it, it's been wonderful because I, I, I got a chance to, to learn from Tad, Tad Boyle, the head coach at the University of, of Colorado. Uh, my story is extremely unique because I, I wasn't an assistant for very long. I wasn't a director of basketball operations for very long. I got in, and, and within six years, I became a head coach. And it's all because of the, the tools that I've had, you know, Tad, learning from Tad, learning from the assistant coaches that we had there, uh, learning from guys like Ricardo Patton, who was a head coach at Colorado, and then became my assistant. Uh, just, just being able to be in the room with such really good basketball minds and really good people. Uh, I've been really, really fortunate to, to learn and to coach some really good players. You know, when we were in Boulder, we got to coach guys like Alec Burks who's in the, in, in the NBA, Spencer Dinwiddie, Andre Robertson, uh, Carlin Brown. I mean, the list can go on and on with the guys and the talent that, that I got to coach um, even Colorado guys like Josh Scott and Wesley Gordon who, who helped us win a lot of games in Boulder. Uh, so just, just continuing my path to learn and, and, to be to be really good at what it is that that I'm trying to do at DU, Colorado helped me do uh, help help me with that.
0: When you took over at at DU, Rodney, you you were inheriting a program that had an, a kind of an established style of play. You came in with a very different style of play, much more up-tempo, high scoring. Uh, those transitions uh, aren't necessarily smooth. And, and you we're working through that transition, but we, we saw some great progress last season. What did you see last season uh, that caused that progress? What have you been working on in the program to, to get to that next step?
1: You know, when I, when I came in, it was very different, uh, a very different style of play. But the culture here was intact. And uh, I was fortunate to, to inherit some guys that had high character some guys that played extremely hard, some guys that, that said, yes, sir, no, sir, and and opened the doors and said, thank you. And the, the program culture was intact, but like you said, uh, very, very different style of play, very different kid that, that coach, uh, and his staff recruited. Uh, and, and now you're, you're starting to see the transition of, of my style of play and and what we like to do and the the way our, our, our student athletes respond to our type of coaching and, and our student welfare and, you know, this past year we we were extremely young with 13 scholarship guys, 11 of them were freshmen and sophomore. And, and you saw a very talented team, but a, a, an unexperienced team. And, and that's what I'm ex- excited to see going forward is, you know, th- those same talented guys get even more talented and, and more skilled, but also have the experience to win a game, a close game at the end, um, or, or a, a blowout win and, and come back and not be so arrogant as to, so we just won that game for by, by a double digit and lose the next one. you know, ha- having the experience to go through those those trials and, and stay, stay confident, stay composed, uh, but also stay, uh, continue to be a student of the game and respect the game.
0: And the season ended in the Summit League championship and it's it's hard for competitive people, like we are in athletics, to say uh, ending the season with any loss was a, was a good experience or a growing experience, but I believe, really believe it was. That that uh, game in the Summit League tournament, a close game against a good North Dakota State team, seemed like we were ready for that game, ready for that moment, and really up to the challenge of playing a tough opponent in a championship playoff scenario.
1: You know, it, it, it's strange because, you know, if you look at our record, man, uh, you let the record tell the story, it would lie to you because every game that we played, especially in conference play, we prepared our guys to win, and they believed that we were going to win. And and if you look at the scores, I mean, we we were right there, uh, a few possessions away from from winning a ton of games. And uh, there was no different going into the conference tournament game against uh, the team that actually won it. We played them the best, we, we thought we should have won. A couple calls go differently, a couple turnovers go, go the opposite way. We win that game, but our guys, it, it kept them hungry. And the disappointment in our locker room was different this year. Um, and, and our guys are, are excited to get back and, and we share these Zoom meetings every week. And, and our guys are, are, are starting to shape up in, in, a, in a way that they're connected and the challenge is to stay connected, but it all stems from that game and, and that
0: locker room after that game. So uh, I'm excited about what's next for sure. Before we move on to what's next, let's talk a little bit about Aday Murky and uh, the way he finished his career at DU in in a great way and the growth and the progression he made under your tutelage in his years at DU. You
1: know, Aday, a he, he became so much better when he started to own his responsibility. And, uh, you know, he he saw the writing on the wall with his senior year being almost to a close and and his opportunities to play professionally starting to dwindle because uh, no one was coming to practice, no one was coming to games to evaluate him. And something clicked and uh, he just became our best player, maybe even the best player that's ever played here because now he's getting NBA interest and, you know, NBA teams are calling and, and he may be drafted in the second round and, and invited to vet camp and uh, all these things only because of, of him. It had nothing to do with us. We, we just presented the opportunity and, and, and he, you know, busted a crack door wide open. You know, he, he, he began to, to lean on his teammates. He began to be a better team, a better teammate, a better leader. All those things happened. And, of course, the shots go in and the free throws go in and the defensive steals and, and rebounds, that they kind of fall in his hands once he becomes a better person and a better teammate.
0: It really seemed like to me in the stands watching, you know, he started having a lot of fun, too. And I to know, you know, which one comes first, the success or the attitude first. But it sounds like, really, for him, he had an attitude switch at some point, and, and then that changed the results, which led to him having more fun and enjoying the games. Absolutely.
1: You know, we, we often challenge our older guys to be the leader that they wish they had when they were freshmen or sophomores. And uh, lo and behold, the day he he took on that role, and uh, I, I believe it was South Dakota State, he had 42 points and on the road and, and gave us a chance to win. Uh, and I, in the locker room before the game, I knew something was different with him. You know, he was happy. He was energetic. He was he was in God's face, motivating in, in a positive way, and he's dancing and, and, and kind of playing the game to get the nervousness out of our, our young team. And, you know, he, he just turned it on and kept it on, and, and I'm praying that, you know, through this spring and summertime when, when he is in front of NBA scouts and team owners uh, that – he he has that same feeling and confidence about.
0: Early in the conversation, Roddy, you mentioned culture, and, and you have a very defined culture that you strive for. Uh, you use the acronym RAPID. Uh, can you talk about RAPID and what that means in your program?
1: You know, the word RAPID itself is how we want to play. We want to play fast, and, and that that's the easiest recru- recruiting tool for us uh, is just to explain RAPID. Hey, we want to go fast. We want to score early in the shot clock. but when you break it down, and I love breaking it down in front of parents or adults because they, they really understand it. Um, the R means respect, the A means accountability, the P is passion, I, integrity, and D, depending on who I'm talking to, is either development or discipline. Um, the, the, the R is, is always comes first, right? We, we have to respect the game, we have to respect our opportunity, respect everyone in between, Uh, whether it's a teammate, uh, a coach, um, a sports performance coach, a a trainer, uh, a student, a peer, a a professor, whoever it is that you may come in contact with or respect us first. And if you don't value the word respect, then you probably won't make it here. Uh, The A accountability, we try to hold everybody accountable because life will at some point make you accountable to your decisions. And we try to learn and and grow through accountability, Uh, passion, you know, kind of self-explanatory. You, you have to have passion to be successful and whatever it is you do. And basketball is no different. Um, being a good person, you have to be passionate about people. Uh, and, and your character, you, you certainly have to be passionate about doing the right things. Um, integrity is doing the right thing when nobody's watching. And, and, and we we emphasize it every time, every chance we get, if not every day, every other day. You know, what, what are you doing at night? Uh, are you having a second or third cookie or you having a piece of fruit and, and and getting to bed and getting some sleep versus playing the video games. And you know examples like that we, we try to encourage our guys to do the right thing and, and then development. You know, I'm still developing myself as a as a head coach and, and I wanna be the best that I can be and I wanna learn everything that I can. And I try to lead from the front with that attitude and and letting our student athletes understand, hey, you you're not a polished uh, pair of shoes. You, you still got some scuff marks. Let's, let's get back uh, to doing the right things and, and getting the right work done and, and not, not letting this opportunity slip. So continuing to develop and, and being disciplined through, through that, same, that same development as well.
0: The other thing you do is, is you, you invest in your players way beyond basketball and actually way beyond school here at DU and, and you invest a lot of time and energy around their development as people and leadership development. Talk about that program you run. You know, for, for us,
1: we, we teach life. And um, we'll say that, you know, in the middle of practice, in the middle of game, and, and we try to give basketball examples as to, so, to some of the, the life experiences that you may go through. And I can tell you, if, if you can recover from losing a tough game, you can recover from, you know, a, a, an argument or, or disagreement with a relationship partner or, uh, being told no to at a job interview, you, the, these the lessons that we learn through basketball uh, I, I try to incorporate it in life and, and you know for, for me there's there's no, there's no more glory, no better glory than one getting getting a degree and two sending them off with with an opportunity with a job, whether it's you know me having a conversation with that student athlete and that family with agents or, or a, a basketball club or me, you know, sending them off to an internship or, or a job interview prepared in a suit that, we, that, that we've raised the money to, to, to buy for them. Uh, having the interview skills that we at, at DU give them the resource through our, our academic office uh, with Cindy and David, uh, just, just preparing them however uh, see fit for life. And, and I think that's, that's more important than making a free throw at the end of the game.
0: And you dedicate time each week for that, right? You set aside time for that.
1: We do. So we we, we do a, a course called Champions for Life. And uh, it has nothing to do with basketball. Um, we, we do uh, uh, culture building, team building, team bonding activities. Uh, and, and actually, I have a, a book here, and, and this is kind of off, off subject, but Jeff Janison has a series um the, the teammates' accountability manual. We, we've gone through the, the responsibility manual. But now we're going through the accountability manual and trying to talk them through some of the examples of just being accountable and being responsible as young people, as young student athletes, because they're in a the fishbowl, right? And, and everybody's watching and waiting uh, f- for whatever decision that they make, good or bad, to exploit them, and, and I want them to be prepared for whatever it is that they face.
0: Well, I've, I've got to witness some of those sessions, and it's great, great work you're doing. And I know all the student-athletes, as well as the coaching staff, I think are getting a lot out of those meetings and those sessions. Uh, looking into the future, what excites you about next year? Um, what are some of the key components coming back? And uh, what do you think about next season? You know, I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, we've been working on our schedule, and we're going to have a
1: tough schedule. Uh, that That excites me in itself, because it gives me a chance to to, to selfishly coach against some of the really good coaches, uh, it, it excites our guys to be able to play under the, the brightest lights uh, and, and, and test what we've done so far over the spring and summer and the fall against the best talent. Um, but I'm, I'm also excited about the, the nucleus that we bring back, the new guys that that we that we have on our roster, um, just the opportunity, you know, to after COVID is done and. and we can move forward in, in such a positive light and, and get back on campus uh, and, and start practicing. I'm excited just to come together and get connected and stay connected, not not just with our program, but with every program that, that's uh, in our department and uh, our, our student life on campus. So th- there's a, a ton to be excited about, a um, uh, ton to be positive about, uh, because this, this time is, is tough. and. Uh, the things that our student athletes are going through and our staff's going through is unprecedented and uh, having this conversation over zoom is, is not the most ideal, but uh, you know, it's, it's something that, that has to, has to happen right now for us to, to stay connected. But in the, in the moment of us all returning back to campus, it, it's going to be a blessing just to be able to touch and feel and smell and, and be, be amongst our peers and, and have some fun winning championships together as a department.
0: And Rodney, what what motivates you personally? When you think about leadership for yourself, values for yourself, what are those couple of things that keep you motivated and staying positive and looking forward?
1: That, that's a loaded question for me. Uh, you know, my, my parents are, are 15 minutes away from campus uh, and they're getting older and you know, they, they come to every game. They're, they're at every event. Uh, they're, they're an easy motivator for me because I don't know how much time I have left with them, you know? And, uh, we talk every day. My dad still cuts my, my young, my lung. you know, as if I was a, a teenager uh, and he does it for fun and he does it just to see me. So I'm always motivated by that. Uh, I'm motivated by learning new things. Uh, Uh, I love listening to coaches talk and and listen to administrators talk or, or just leaders for that matter. Uh, And and I'm extremely motivated by making young people better. Um, And, and, you know, the the expression that they have when they do something that they've never thought that they could do like graduate college or, you know, make a tough shot or or, uh, practice four or five times in a row. And then that fifth, or sixth day, they're, they're even better than the first day and they're surprised and they're happy and they get the, the joy from it uh, or, or winning a big game and, uh, you know, all those things make me feel good because I know in my heart that I'm doing the right thing. I'm making people better. I'm standing next to, to people who need me uh, and, and that's, that's supreme
0: motivator for me. Well, Rodney, I know you're not making the part up about family, because every game in, in, here on the campus at DU, they're all there, mom and dad. <laughs> we see them, and they're just great people. And you can tell that that uh, love and connection is real both ways. And so it's a great thing to see, and a great example for you and your family to set for all of us here at DU. For sure. I appreciate
1: you saying that. You know, We, we definitely have blood in the bricks on, on that DU campus.
0: Well, Rodney, that uh, wraps up our time here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We're really excited about next year, looking forward to that next phase of Denver men's basketball, and we can't wait to get everybody back here on campus. We'll see you soon.
1: Hey, thanks for your leadership, Carlson. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Rodney.